BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. Well, Mara, this is becoming an unfortunate trend that I'm kicking off these podcasts reporting the death of a soap alum. But sadly, I have another to share. Michael Levin, who played Jack Finelli on Ryan's Hope, passed away on January 6th of Natural Causes at the age of 90. So Michael was an original cast member who stayed with the series until its 1989 finale, and it was his romance with Kate Mulgrew, who played Mary, that put them on the map as the soap's super couple. So he was also the father of Brian, played by Yasmin Bleeth, and I feel I can say this about everyone who has recently passed, but Jack was legitimately one of my favorite characters on the show. And you know what? He's like the character I most associate with the show. Um, and I just have so many great memories of watching him after school. And there was just, he struck this chord where he was like serious a lot, but he also showed his heart. I just loved that character. Um, but he was also no stranger to daytime. Michael appeared on As the World Turns as John from 1991 to 92 and All My Children's Dr. Gould in 1993. What a legend he was. You know, obviously his contribution to Ryan's Hope was immense, but I also really do remember him from those other shows. On World Turns, for example, he was one of Lisa's many husbands. Uh, you know, one of the many, many reasons I miss the New York shows is that so many great talents from the shows that went off the air first, like Ryan's Hope or Search for Tomorrow or Edge of Night, would then like pop up on the remaining New York shows. Uh, Michael is an example of that. The late Mary Stewart, who was Joe on Search, would be another example. It was like major news when she joined Guiding Light as, as Maida Bauer. Uh, anyway, um, even though Michael hadn't been on our television screens in a long while, I know how deeply respected he was by anyone who watched his work, and he will be dearly missed. And I do hope that this is our last podcast that begins this way for a really, really long time. Oh, me too, for sure. Um, now we have some casting notes to mention. Uh, Louise Sorrell is back, in a way, to Days of Our Lives. So the actress will be heard, not seen, in phone calls with on-screen son Stefan, played by Brandon Barash, in scenes coming up. Uh, Marcus Coloma will mark his final time on screen as General Hospital's Nicholas. There will be a temporary recast for him for the final batch of episodes. His rep told Deadline that due to health issues with Marcus's recent COVID exposure, uh, the network graciously agreed that he shouldn't film the remaining days of 2022, which is when his contract expired. Now, on the story front, Victoria and Nate are going to share a very workplace inappropriate kiss on Young and the Restless. Gabby will take extreme measures to try to jog Stefan's memory on days. And Sheila and Taylor will have a showdown of sorts on Bold and Beautiful. 
We are also going to see Bernay Watson back on the GH campus as Stella, and she hits the ground running with a telling conversation with Trina that raises her suspicions about who Trina's biological father truly is. The timing on that is, of course, most inconvenient as Portia and Curtis's wedding is right around the corner and Stella is poised to officiate. So that is a story we're going to be talking more about in the coming weeks as we get closer and closer to the Valentine's Day drama the show has planned for those nuptials. And I have to say, it really feels like GH is picking up the pace on a number of its sort of slow to percolate storylines. Like this week on air, for example, uh, not only did Cameron learn about Jocelyn and Dex, but Anna and Valentine finally rescued our dear Lucy. Welcome back, Lynn Herring. And just when it seemed like Willow was going to get the medical miracle she so desperately needed, Needed, Nina proved not to be a bone marrow match for her. It is always just such a fun time uh, to like be a fan when so many different big story moments are popping off all at once. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I kind of like the twist that Nina wasn't the biological match because obviously everyone figured, oh, duh, that's going to be the end of the story. And it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but our guest today knows a thing or two about Willow's plight. It's her portrayer, Caitlin McMullen. So let's check in with her and see how her GH journey is going. Hi, Caitlin. Hello. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, we are so excited to have you. I mean, it couldn't be a better time to talk to you, but you've also been on our list. So this is <laughs> happily, it has all come together. Yeah, it's, it's nice to see you looking so well, considering your <laughs> condition on screen recently. <laughs> yes, it's been a lot of crazy stuff going on. And we will we will get to all of it. Yes. Um, but to be fair, Caitlin, you and I have never met. I have never spoken to you. So I'm looking forward to getting to know you. So we are going to start that you are a California native born in Valencia, which is a which is in Los Angeles County. So you don't yeah. come from a showbiz family, but you did do some modeling and commercial work as a kid. So how did that come about? Yes, um, I guess basically my mom worded it like this. I was very shy growing up to the point where like I would just hide behind my mom's leg anytime someone tried to talk to me and someone, some random kind of just stranger came up to her and was like, Hey, um, my kid is with this agency. She's like, you should get your daughter into this thing, which was like, you know, modeling, acting, that kind of thing. Um, and so in an attempt to kind of like break me out of my shell, my mom got me with this agency. And then I started, kind of working for Disney and um, they were kind of like my little family growing up. Like I'd go there kind of every year, every season, there'd be like a new catalog or a new, you know, product or brochure or whatever. And um, it definitely broke me out of my shell and I, it was so much fun to me and I loved doing it. So that's kind of how it all started when I was younger. What do you remember about like actually being on sets working when you were a kid? I just remember, um, I remember that I had to kind of like sit in a classroom and do some homework because I was missing so much school. (laughs) And I remember um, traveling to different locations and staying in these big houses and getting to see my friends that I always saw. And basically they'd say, okay, put on this costume or do this activity and have fun. And we're just going to take photos. And um, I remember certain auditions and like staying up late with my mom in my room and her being like, okay, here are the lyrics. You have to remember this song because you have to sing it tomorrow. And 
I, I like, I faintly remember certain auditions and stuff. And, um, I just remember it being a blast and everyone was so, so kind, you know? Well, that's good. That's a good childhood experience to have then. Yeah. Um, and then your family moved to Reno, Nevada, which is where you lived for the majority of your upbringing. So what was your childhood like there? In Reno, I, I personally loved growing up there, um, because, well, it's, its slogan is like the biggest little city. So you kind of got the best of both worlds. You had, you know, the downtown city area, and then you, it was small enough to where you could really build community and you felt like you knew everyone. And, um, we lived close to two lakes in Reno. So there's like Tahoe and then there's Pyramid Lake. And so there was a lot of camping and a lot of, you know, fun activities in that sense. Um, but no, I, I I really loved Reno. I loved my friends there. Um, it was it was a great place to grow up. So you're actually one of four children. You're the only girl. What was it like growing up with three brothers? And were you close with them? Was was there antagonistic vibes? What was happening? Actually, my siblings and I like get along really well. Um, I have a brother who's just one year younger than me, so we were always you know really really close growing up. But I'm. I'm pretty close to all my brothers. We enjoyed, you know, playing sports. And um, so we had a lot in common. And I, like, they weren't like overly protective or anything. Like the things you'd sus- suspect, like, oh, what was it like, you know, bringing someone home and introducing them? They were all like very, very, very kind and, and supportive. And um, they're such good guys. They are. <laughs> Um, now, did you act in any high school plays? No, no. I, at a certain, I think I, I was, I was maybe like nine or 10 when I told my parents that, you know, as much as I was enjoying what we were doing, I was missing so much school that I was like, okay, I kind of want to stop doing this thing and just focus on school. And so I kind of just completely put it aside and focused on um, basketball and school. And then it was like, yeah, around the age of 18 where that bug was starting in where it was like, what? I think you kind of still like this thing and you're still kind of curious about it. But I never did, you know, drama class or anything like that. So you you went to college and the plan was to study nutritional science. But you you did obviously feel like there was some unfinished business on the acting front. But particularly at that age, it seems like a very big deal to listen to that voice you know, enough to actually drop out of school and take this big risk. So tell us what that, you know, period of your life was like and how you reached that decision. Yeah. Um, I would say, well, I was in college and I just wasn't feeling, um, fulfilled. I was meeting cool people and this, you know, I loved, I love walking a campus. There's something really magical about that. There's something I lived right, you know, I lived in this little basement apartment right by the campus. So I was really like submerged in this like college culture. And, um, I just, I don't know. It's not like anything was necessarily going wrong. I just didn't feel excited enough. And I think I was aware that I wasn't feeling excited enough. And my very best friend, well, one of my best friends (laughs) growing up, um, Tiffany, she, um, we lived together on and off throughout childhood. Like we were, we were very close and she's like, I'm moving to LA. Um, I was like, that's awesome. Like as soon as she graduated high school, she's like, I'm going to LA. And so I have to say that I think her taking that plunge before I did really gave me the courage to just call her and say, Hey, can I like just come live with you? (laughs) 
And so I did. And we shared a bed and we lived together and we were both, you know, pursuing this thing. And so I'd have to say it was her kind of taking, like I said, taking the plunge first that I kind of followed in her footsteps. Mm -hmm. Well, were you scared to tell your parents that you were dropping out of school? I was a little bit. Um, I I was a little nervous, um, but they were oddly supportive, Um, maybe because they got me into it in the first place. But my parents have always kind of just been, and I feel very fortunate for for this fact, they've always been very supportive of whatever I want to pursue. I was more nervous telling them, like, I'm going to move away. Like, I'm not going to live here anymore. Um, but they were, they were like, Hey, when are you going? Do you want to like stay home, save up some money and then go? And that's kind of what I did. So you make the move, you had a place to stay, but how did you actually go about, you know, pursuing acting and finding some sort of foothold into the industry? I, I was on Instagram, um, making videos and kind of, or like just posting photos, making videos. And I somehow connected with an agent in LA through Instagram, um, um, an agent over at new models. And she was like, Hey, whenever you're in LA, just come by for basically an open casting call. Um, we'd love to meet you. And so I went and I met with my first agent, with a commercial agent. His name's Alex Fox. Um, actually, he just recently passed out his name. Yes. Sorry. Um, I recently lost Alex and he was a really major part of my life. So I love him. Um, but yeah, I, I um, signed with him and then he, you know, through, there was a lot of time that passed between, you know, him being like, okay, you need to start training. You need to take workshops. You need to, you know, take an improv class, need to um, pursue this acting thing. It was kind of him. Cause in my mind, I was like, oh, I, I modeled growing up and that was playing pretend and that was having fun. And he was like, you need to actually, rather than pursue modeling, pursue acting. Um, And so that's what I started doing. I started taking classes and then, you know, through the commercial work, I was able to get into the union. And then he started submitting me for, you know, which is TV film projects. And I was fortunate to book one that opened some other doors that led me to um, now I'm signed with my now agent, Dan Barron and my manager, Matthew Lesher, and they've opened a lot of doors for me um, and have been, I've been with them since. Wow. Well, at the time, did you have to take any day jobs to, you know, supplement your income, pay the bills? Oh, yes. Yes. I, um, I worked in various, you know, restaurants uh, for the most part. That was pretty much it. Yeah. Do you miss it? <laughs> I can't say I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you were originally pursuing acting, um, I remember you telling me that you thought you were going to do like comedy and that that was going to be your thing and that that was what you were initially going out for. So tell us about some of the first jobs that that you that you booked these door opening ones. Yeah, I um, well, because I he was the one who was like, you have to, you know, take some improv classes. And so I I started doing improv classes over it. Uh, UCB and it was so much fun and the comedy scene is so fun and improv shows if you've never been to one like go to an improv show they're so so fun and so um I just fell in love with it and yeah my first my first gig was on this show called Sin City Saints it's when Yahoo started their own kind of streaming platform and I worked opposite Andrew Santino 
and he's, you know, a comedian. He's hilarious and really talented. And um, I got to kind of, I was just kind of thrown into that world really fast. And so, you know, my, ma- my manager and I were like, we love this for us. You know, <laughs> we love, we love, um, we love comedy and playing, you know, coming up with characters. And, and so, yeah, definitely booking this job was not exactly what we expected, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we're open to all possibilities. <laughs> well, tell us how you met your acting coach, Holly Gagne, who soap fans know as Ivy on Days and Cassie on One Life to Live, and more recently, Jennifer on General Hospital. Um, so when Alex had said, you need to start training and blah, 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 he basically gave me a list of coaches that he'd heard of that were, that were really good. Um, and she was, I don't know why her name just kind of stood out to me. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, give her a call. And so she's the one who coached me on that first kind of comedy gig that, and it was my first audition. So then I was like, Oh, she really prepared me for something that I was not necessarily prepared for. And, um, she helped me come up with some really creative choices. And so then, I just coached with her from then on out. She told me you need to join this because I'd only had improv experience. She was like, you need to join um, like a like a drama school. You need to learn, you know, uh, the opposite side of the coin, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. The other mask. <laughs> <laughs> and she also taught at this school called Playhouse West. And one day I was I was kind of just struggling with auditions. I and I just showed up and she happened to be outside with the other head teacher there, um, Robert Carnegie. And I was so fortunate to join his class and her class. And I trained them on and off now for five years, maybe. And uh, so I I go to her class and I also coach with her privately on um, either auditions or all of my episodes on the show, I, I sit down with her and, and work with her. And um, she's like a rock for me. She's really stepped in and just helped me in so many ways, especially in um, the acting realm, you know, because uh, I built such a, a wonderful community at Playhouse that I really needed. I really needed to see other actors and, and I don't know, just connect with other actors and, you know, compete with other actors in a fun setting. And and all of that was thanks to her. So that that's how I met her and how much I love her. She's she's an, an amazing woman. That's awesome. Um, so uh, I know Holly was very instrumental in sort of giving you the, the 411 on all things soap opera when the audition for Willow came up. So tell us about the whole casting process that you went through. Yes. Um, well, because obviously she she's had a background in soaps. When I saw the audition and I read it for her, she was like, you know, nothing. What you're saying is not what you mean. And so she kind of showed me, you know, how. Good tip. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So she kind of saw it and was like, you know, I, I'm trying. We, we, it's interesting. We pulled up the audition material the other day. I can't remember why, but we were looking at it. And I remember her note was uh, on, on paper. It was a breakup. Like I had to go in and break up with someone. And um, she was like, it's not just a breakup. You are sparing this person. So we came up with a secret as to why I had to break up with this person for their own benefit which just put a little bit of a twist on it that makes it a little different than just your classic breakup scene. There's so much more to lose if you don't want to break up with the person, but you have to. 
So I remember being like, wow, this is a really fun challenge. And um, obviously going into it, I was like, I'm just going to live in this secret and I don't know, bask in this kind of work we we did. And um, I went in and read for Mark. I had zero X. I was kind of like, I, this is an experiment for me. And um, obviously Mark Teschner is, you can talk, I'm sure you've heard this. He's the most lovely casting director. They call him an actor's casting director because he's there with you. He's really there with you in the room, acting with you, reading with you. And he's very supportive of actors. So it was a, already a safe space. And I went for it. And then I was like, thanks. And he's like, are you available for a producer session tomorrow? And I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, see you tomorrow. And then I was like, uh, okay. Um, and then, yeah, I went in for um, a producer session, which means that there were producers in the room and Mark, and we went to the office across the hall the second time. And Frank was in the room, the lovely Frank Valentini, who also cultivates such a safe space for actors. And I was obviously a little nervous, but we had fun. And I was really shocked when I got a call that I'd be going in for a test, a screen test. And so at my first screen test is where I met Sophia Matson. Um, and we became friends and uh, we were, we were, we all did our auditions. It's, it's a really nerve wracking process um, because you're watching other actors. You're literally seeing them on screen doing the thing you're about to do. And I remember Sophia went before me and in my mind, I was like, she's got this thing. That's, this is hers, you know? And, um, I ended up going back for a second screen test and then to find out that I would be playing Willow. And then that week, Sophia was written a role and I was like, Oh, this is so, this is so freaking awesome. Like that's the thing I loved most about that process. And I look back and I'm like, I, I met, I, I just love Sophia very much. Um, and I met her through that process and it was such a challenging, um, an exciting experience. And, you know, Frank and Mark made it, made it very safe and, and, uh, supportive because they wanted everyone to do well. And so, yeah, that was, uh, that was the audition process. <laughs> uh, well, if I'm not mistaken, you did your first screen test with Chad Duell, who plays Michael, and your second with Josh Swickard, who plays Chase. So what were your first impressions of them? And were they accurate? So I'm trying to remember. Well, Chad was very helpful. This was all very new for me. And I remember right before they did the count, before every scene, they count down from five he was like, look here, because I, I don't know where I was looking, but he's like, look down here, start there and then look to me. So um, I remember being very grateful that he was giving me some helpful, you know, tips, technical scoop. Exactly. Yeah, and, uh, He was great. And Josh was great. He was so friendly. He was so um, humble and inviting and um they both, they, I, I felt really excited to work with both of them for different reasons. And I think my first impression was, okay, these guys are really like, Chad seems like a really fun, you know, uh, like he seems like he's been doing this a while too. Like I was a little intimidated. Um, and, uh, he seems like a really fun, sweet, you know, professional guy. And, uh, Josh seemed very, very, um, humble. He was very open that he was still new at this because I think he had just signed a year prior. 
and um, really, um, I'm trying to think of the word, <laughs> both great guys. And I was right. They're both, they're both fantastic people and working with both of them has been something I have cherished because they've been such, such um, instrumental parts of the journey. Did you have a, any sense though? Could you have imagined, Caitlin? that Chad was going to end up like leaving rotten eggs in your dressing room and all of the other things that he's done to prank you over the years. Was he giving that away at all? Not in the first impression. (laughs) Once you get to know Chad and he's then the prank start coming out, then, you know, the random dancing all of a sudden out of the corner of your eye is happening or you find things in your dressing room or you come into your dressing room and everything is upside down, (laughs) you know? So um, he, he likes to prank a few of us regularly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So as you were like going along in this audition process and it does seem like it was kind of moving quickly, like, did you start to get your heart set on it? Like, was it too much of a whirlwind? What, what, What were you going through? I think because it was my first time, um, you know, going through a screen test and all of that, I, for whatever reason, in retrospect, I look back and I'm like, wow, um, I'm glad I, I felt that way about it. Like I was, I was more like, okay, I'm just going to go in and experience this. And I'm, I feel really fortunate that I get to experience the screen test and what it's like. I didn't necessarily think I was going to get it. Like I was, I felt kind of just at ease with the, with the idea of, okay, this is a new experience. Um, I'm just going to take it all in. And so I I was pretty shocked when I got the call. And it moved so fast too. Like you said, it kind of was a whirlwind. It kind of was like moving fast enough to where you're not sitting there like for weeks going, oh gosh, are they going to call? Like, did I get this thing? You know, um, it moved fast enough where you could kind of just be like, okay, it's done. I, I'll know. And I'll know like in the next few days, if I got it, I'll know. Or I, I'll know if I, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously you did get the job and you're, Scene partners on your first day were two daytime pros, Rebecca Herbst, who plays Liz, and Roger Howarth, who plays Austin, who was Franco at the time. So what do you remember about day one on the set of General Hospital? I remember being pretty nervous, (laughs) Uh, to be candid. Um, I was... But I also felt really excited because the the sets are kind of set up almost like um, a stage, kind of like how we have it at school. So I was like, at one, I felt, okay... I've worked in this kind of space before. I think I think I can do this. And obviously Rebecca and Roger were just so kind and so lovely and um, really welcomed me with open arms. And afterwards, I don't I just didn't remember any of it. I was like, I just need to do this. And, you know, it's it's your first day anywhere. Right. Like you're like, OK, I got to just just do this thing and get move past the nerves and then um, it'll start, you know, becoming more easy. And yeah, they were they were incredibly kind and welcoming. And I had a great experience working with them. It just seems like a lifetime ago that she was just but a simple school teacher. About bullies in her classroom. Um, so uh, when you think back on those early days on the show, who would you name as the people who helped mentor you um, or helped you like get your bearings, even just around the studio, like where to go? Uh, you know, because obviously it's very fast paced there at the studio. Right. I'd say when I was first 
starting, um, it, it's, it's more likely the people you're working with at the time, because like you said, it is, it is so fast paced and everyone's kind of in their own story and, you know, it's, we're moving fast. And so, you know, Josh and Chad were, were, uh, really good at showing me kind of where to go and showing me the ropes. And of course, just like along the way, so many of the veteran actors just stepped in and were so, um, helpful and gracious and um like i remember when i shot the um the baby reveal on the way up donnell gave me a hug and it really helped me because it's like he knew what i was about to shoot and it made me feel like okay i'm supported and i i remember that helped me kind of just feel free to go and and do this thing and then you know Jeannie francis was at the bottom of the stairs when i got done with it and gave me a hug and told me to go home and take a bath and to just take care of myself and you know i had finola popping in and out asking me you know are you doing okay what's going on and you know i work with laura right a lot now and she has been just incredible um she has me come into her room and then she goes over scripts with me and she she gives me ideas and she, you know, shows me like, this is the top of a show This like, she breaks things down for me in a way that I'm not necessarily thinking of. And, um, I mean, gosh, there's been so many people I wish I could name, because I feel like on a certain, on any given day, depending on who's there, someone might come in and just say something to you that motivates you or, or gets rid of some of the anxiety or, um, gives you a little, you know, bit of wisdom. So, but I will say the entire cast and the crew and everyone who works there, depending on who you run into or who you're having a conversation with, they've all been incredible. Like the people who come here and they're like, wow, like everyone here is so nice. And it's true. Everyone is so supportive. I think because we're all kind of in it together and we're trying to make this thing work. And um, everyone is so, so kind and lovely. Well, now you didn't actually know going in that Willow was going to be revealed to be the mother of the original baby Wiley, the little boy slated to be adopted by Brad and Lucas, who sadly passed away. So when you did find that out and, you know, as you started to get more and more dramatic material to play, you know, were you excited? Were you intimidated? A mix of both. I would say I felt more excited. Um, of course, there when you get a script and you're like, wow, this is really good. Oh, my gosh. You feel a little bit intimidated. Like, I just want to do this script justice, you know. Um, and but I felt really excited. I felt really excited that I was being given the opportunity to have these experiences and being given the opportunity to um, grow and to tell these stories. You know, it, it was just getting more and more interesting and more and more challenging and all the things as an actor that you're like, oh, I could just eat this up. This is amazing. Well, as the story went along, we found out that Willow had been part of the Dawn of Day cult and had gotten pregnant by Shiloh. So, you know, what stands out to you about, and how many actors can we say this to, the sex cult era of your storyline on the show? <laughs> yes, um, that was that was intense. Uh, but educational, which I would say was the cool part for me. Like I got to do a lot of research. Um, obviously it was pretty devastating to like do this research and look into, you know, experiences that people had, um, because I think it was loosely based on Nexium. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you watched the documentary about that, but. Oh yeah, I watched it and season two. 
So, oh my gosh, it's crazy, right? Yeah. You know, devastating. Um, and so the, I, I'd say like, aside from it being obviously awful that these kinds of things happened on an acting front, it gave me an opportunity to uh, do this research and to, um, you know, act out these crazy, like working with uh, Kobe and who um, was, you know, he embraced his role and uh, was really talented and really great. And it was really great to work with him. And um, yeah, I, it was, it was definitely a crazy part of the storyline. <laughs> Um, you know, though, I think the first day you really got to show off what you're capable of as a dramatic actress happened in those hospital scenes the day that Willow found out that the boy she knew as Wiley wasn't actually her son and that her baby had actually died. So what do you remember about shooting those scenes? I remember um, I remember being nervous, <laughs> of course, um, because it was the tipping point of a storyline like it was. It was kind of like one of those moments that we're waiting for. Um, the pressure is on. The pressure's on, exactly. And so I worked with, I, I think I had mentioned I, I, you know, had an encounter with Donnell who, who was like, you got this, you're going to be great. And um, he made me feel at ease. And then we went up and I kind of just had to trust that it would happen. You know, you see this whole script ahead of you that's like, oh, I have so many I, there's so many things that are going to happen and you kind of just have to give in and go with it and see what happens. And, you know, working with Josh, he makes, he makes this, the set a very safe and supportive space. And um, we just kind of, afterwards, we just looked at each other, like what just happened? And he like hugged me and he's like, you know, I know it sounds cheesy, but we were all just like, Oh my gosh, that was, that was, we weren't quite expecting uh, that. And um yeah, I, I'm, I still look back on that day. Like, wow. Uh, I don't know how we got through it, but we did, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Very, very impressive work. Um, okay. So obviously for the majority of the time that you've been on the show, Willow believed that Inga Kadernell's harmony was her mother, but on the opposite side, uh, from the beginning, really, she had a, not the smoothest sailing relationship with the character of Nina. Um, that started when Michelle Stafford was playing the role. What uh, stands out to you about working with the OG Nina Michelle Stafford? Michelle Stafford. Um, I remember being just she's she's just one of those people who commits a hundred and fifty percent. Like she just goes in uh, fearlessly. And I remember being like, okay, I have to meet her where she's at, and um, she will, you know, get in your face, and she will she. I just remember like just working with her was so fun because she just like I said, she was just fearless and um, brave and uh, really went for it. And those fir those first couple scenes we had, like a lot of those moments were just kind of like, OK, we're going for this and we'll see what happens. And we were really kind of going at it. And um, but yeah, she's such a, a lovely person. She's really supportive. She loves acting. She loves the work. And I love seeing that in a person. I really do. Um, she's very committed and she's very talented and a great person all around. So it seemed like from the start, the setup was there for Willow to be Nina's surprise daughter. But then there was a pivot and Nell was revealed to be the daughter. So were you surprised by that? You know, had you sort of assumed they were going to go in the Nina Willow direction at that time? I'm trying to remember. I think 
I think because I didn't know for sure from the beginning if Willow was going to be Nina's daughter. I had like a suspicion, but we don't necessarily know what's going to happen in the future. I'm sure you've heard this. And um, so when they said, okay, Nell's going to be the daughter, I I was like, okay, great. Like, it's cool that they're they're kind of doing a twist because people were expecting one thing and then they, they could kind of, but I always knew like anything's possible. So I didn't quite know what I, I didn't necessarily have like a, I guess, like an expectation on it. Um, but obviously it's pivoted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Willow and Nell had quite a good rivalry going before she took that faithful tumble off the cliff. What stands out to you about working with Chloe Lanier, who, uh, you know, is a, a friend of both of ours and I think might just be your biggest fan on the planet? I love, I'm her biggest fan. I love, I love working with Chloe. She you, is. You love to hear that twins love each other. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, she is. I remember like from the beginning, I was, I was like, I really want to work with her. Like, I just really, I really want to work with her because she's another person who just, she loves the work. Um, she's very committed. She's very um, brave in her work and uh she really goes for it and i like i said i love seeing that and i love working with people like that um and you know she's just a massively talented individual she i remember seeing her from the beginning and going oh my gosh so good um so good at this bad girl role oh i love it um and so when I found out I got to work with her, I was so excited. <laughs> and working with her was truly so much fun. You know, we had the, the big fight scene, which was really fun to film. We were throwing wine bottles at the wall and, and uh, we were, you know, obviously with the help of a stunt coordinator. So we weren't actually hurting each other. We were, you know, faking hurting each other and doing all these stunts. And it was really fun. Um, so yeah, I love Chloe. <laughs> uh, now, I hope you're not offended by the fact that my answer to the next question is yes. But was it fun to see Willow's halo tarnished a little bit during the whole Willow cheats on dying chase with Michael storyline? Yes. I remember seeing that and being like, oh, wow, this is going to be really, really hard. Um, and I, but I, I was like, you know what? This is a soap. You know, this is what soaps are about. Um, people making mistakes or, you know, trying to do the right thing. And, you know, even though it's really probably not the right thing to do um, and being flawed and being, um, you know, a little, a little messy. <laughs> so I, yeah, I remember being like, okay, here we go. We're, we're entering that territory now. <laughs> All right. This is an honest question. How did you get through that mega soapy hospital deathbed wedding? with the ring on the front without like with Chad and Josh oh without <laughs> laughing. Like how did it end up usable for television? Well, um, <laughs> there was definitely a lot of laughing in between scenes, um, you know, especially working with the two of them. Uh, but I'm trying, I, I know there was this one scene we did in the chapel, I believe when he he drops the ring yeah um, but it's about he's about to put it on my finger and chad just gave me this look and i almost started laughing and he was about to start laughing and because we just all knew that scene was so sad and so um messed up you know that he's kind of like i'll put the ring on her finger in front of him and we were just like oh my gosh 
Um, so yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely, uh, because it was so sad, it was nice to have those laughs in between. Um, but that was definitely a hard storyline. Cause we all, we all love each other. And, um, it was hard to see, you know, the character of Chase so sick and so in love. And it was like, I just sat there like, Oh, this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, working with kids could sometimes be a challenge. And over the years, you've worked with quite a few different actors playing Wiley. So um, any unexpected things happen when working with a child on set? I'm trying to remember. Um, you know, we've been really lucky that, like, these kids are so talented and so good on camera. Like, they're just kind of like, okay, we're here to hang out and play with toys. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm trying to remember. But what's Gosh. your vibe? Do you try to like hang out with him in between scenes? Like, how do you create, you know? Oh, yeah. We'll, like, play. we'll just like play with toys or talk a little bit. I guess the biggest surprise is just like how professional they are, because I'm like, we can all be a little immature sometimes. And they're just like, yeah, I know my lines. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you do. You got this. And I you're like, you're you're you've got this more than I got this, you know? <laughs> so. Um, it's amazing to see these kids be so uh, professional and good at what they do. Um, it's really, it's really interesting to see. All right. So last year, the story of Nina's daughter or daughters, I should say, uh, you know, came back around and it was revealed to the audience and to Carly that Willow was indeed Nina's daughter. And along with that, they really ramped up the animosity between Nina and Willow. So tell us about playing that dynamic with Cynthia Watros, who now plays Nina. Well, I know I just, I, I love talking about how amazing people are. So forgive me, but um, Cynthia is quite, uh, quite possibly the most incredible human. Like she's just, she's so kind. She's so talented. And I love working with her because as you can see, when you watch her, she is so improvisational and so in the moment. And she really takes in her scene partner. And from the get-go, I was like, wow, working with her, I think will make me a better actor because she's so amazing. And so working with her has been um, a gift. She's she's really, really fantastic. Um, and I, I think she brings so much uh, nuance to her work. And, um, you know, it was hard. It was hard because we had to like immediately hate each other. And we both were like, wow, I really like you. And I really have to hate you in this scene. So it was interesting finding that, you know, kind of space we could click into where it's like, all right, you know, we're not friends right now. Um, <laughs> and um, so working with her has been, it's been so much fun. And it's crazy to see, you know, where we're at now versus when we first started. It's just, it's wild. We've been on a journey. Mm -hmm. A lot of water under the bridge. Yes. Um, and, you know, how would you describe your relationship with her in real life when you're not at set? Oh, she's just um, she's so supportive and helpful and amazing. We play pickleball sometimes or we might like go to dinner and grab some wine or something and just talk, talk career, talk life. Um, she knows my boyfriend pretty well. So, uh, you know, we 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 have good conversation and um She's she's just amazing. She's amazing to be around. Well, it has been even <laughs> even in soap opera terms, a very dramatic time for <laughs> Willow. Yeah. Right. She's she's pregnant. She's got leukemia. She's fainting all over town. Um, now, I've asked you about this before. 
But what do you remember about the day that Willow first fainted so dramatically at the pool, which became like an instant meme among GH fans on Twitter? <laughs> um, I remember um, just... I remember being, well, I love anything that kind of involves a stunt because it's so, it's, it's so different, you know, and, and fun. And I remember being like, all right, Maurice, I'm going to literally fall. And cause it's like, how do you half fake fall? You know, I mean, maybe you could, but in that moment I was like, I was like, all right, I'm going to just fall. And he obviously did an amazing job of catching me. So I was very grateful. Um, but I just remember like I just did a few a, a few spins uh, before the scene started, just so I kind of had a little bit of dizziness. And then I just kind of I was like, I'm just going to collapse and fall. And that's that's basically it. I just remember being like, wow, this is this is the start. This is this is crazy. <laughs> Here we go. Um, now, I have to say that I was hoping and I think a lot of fans were as well, that her confiding in TJ was going to lead to, I don't know, possible inconvenient feelings between them. But they just stayed friends. So uh, what was your take on that story? And tell us about working with Taj. Working with Taj is amazing. Um, we have been friends for a little while now. And we always said, oh, we can't wait for the day when we have a storyline together. Like, we always said that just to each other. And so one day we got a script and we texted each other. We were like, oh my gosh, like, I think we're going to be in a storyline together. Like, this is so exciting. And, um, and so we just, we had so much fun. Yeah. We, we were like, we have no idea where this is going and we're obviously open to anything. Um, and so we kind of would just get together and be like, okay, what's interesting about this scene for us and what can we kind of throw in there and what can we do? Um, and so Taj is one of my favorite people and uh we would just like work and then certain days we'd be like all right we're going to a restaurant and we're having a glass of wine because that was a crazy day and we did and um so yeah working with him has been so fun and so incredible he he brings so much to the work and we it was so fun because we had such a we had such a like collaborative sort of nature to to our scenes like we'd be like okay this is what I like about it. This is what I like about it. Or we just be on set and be like, okay, we're not like something isn't, let's try this thing. Let's do this thing. And then um, we would try it. And then we'd be like, okay, that felt right. That felt good. And um, so, yeah, we, uh, I think we heard that there's like a, like a hashtag tree J or there's a, maybe a little ship name out there. And we were like, yes. <laughs> mission, mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Tell me about your relationship with your pregnancy padding. Oh, well. <laughs> okay, so there's like there's like probably three different uh, pregnancy paddings. You like different options. So there's like number one where it's a bodysuit with clear straps and like the clear like you know snappy straps. And um, this belly is I, I I don't know if I've even still wrapped my head around it. Um, but I haven't not worn it for a while now. And so it kind of felt like it was a part of me. Like people would just come up and be like, does this feel like, I, I guess it, it helps you to feel, you know, actually pregnant and, um, uh, it makes you feel, um, just by the virtue of wearing this thing, you, you feel like you might sit differently and do these things differently because it has some weight to it. And, um, 
So there's this one though that Laura and I would talk about where you have to slide it up your body and it's all silicone. So it just sticks to your skin as you're sliding it up. And it's, it is such, it looks great. It's like the one, it's like the on-camera pregnancy belly, like the one that you can like lift the shirt and see it. And it looks like it's flush to your skin and just pull the pulling it up your body is like, I think she had to do it. She said when she had like a sprained ankle and she was like, it was literally impossible. So I was have a sprained ankle and I could just took me a little while, but uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a journey with that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now Willow's had a bunch of reasons for why she didn't want to tell people about her leukemia and you know, they didn't hold a lot of water with some of the audience. So did you ever want to like shake some sense into her? (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, I, I'm still in a place where I'm like, wow, you know, I don't know what you do in that situation. And obviously Willow has made choices that either people agree with or don't agree with. And it's such a, it's such a tough position to be in that I'm like, I I don't know what you do in that situation, but there's definitely times where I'm like, no, like do this, like take, take care of yourself here, do that. But then I'm like, you know what, what would you do in that situation? It's such, it's such a hard situation to be in. And so I try to have some, I don't know, um, compassion for just being at a loss or not knowing what to do or making maybe the wrong choice or the, or the right choice under bad circumstances, or, you know, it's, it's tricky. It's tricky. (laughs) Well, hopefully God forbid you ever find yourself in a similar situation, but I hope you make the opposite choices. that would that would be the healthiest thing to do yeah Um, now just a few weeks ago on screen it was time for the big maternity reveal so you know i kind of knew that like laura wright and cynthia watros were going to have really big moments to play when nina and carly had their showdown but Mm -hmm. i don't think i expected willow's reaction to be as as powerful and potent as it was like she was not very nice to Nina. She was not happy to hear the news. Um, but I thought you were absolutely awesome in those scenes. Uh, what stands out to you about that day or days of work? Um, those days, I, I just remember that week being like a very concentrated time, like um, in terms of like we were just shooting back to back to back to back to back, which was helpful in a sense because we really got to just stay in that world and not, you know, leave it and then come back. And, and, um, but it was also, you know, tough. And I just remember feeling like the sense of, okay, we're all in this together and we're going to do our, our best to really just tell this story. And it mattered a lot to all of us. And of course it was another like time in a storyline where the pressure's on a bit because people have been waiting for this moment. And, you know, I, I was like, okay, here we are. And I had to just kind of I remember just being like, okay, you just have to, you just have to put yourself there and then see what happens because there's no planning hearing like you, all you have to do is just like hear the news, whatever happens, happens. And so it was an, it was an experimental and uh, I guess bonding and challenging time, I think for every storyline. Well, something else that GH fans had a lot of opinions about online was Willow telling Nina, and I'm paraphrasing, but that she's a worse mother to have than Harmony. (laughs) So do you agree with that? Or what did you think of that little story twist or dialogue twist? I mean, I don't know if I necessarily agree, but um, 
you know, I wonder, I didn't know if maybe Willow was kind of saying it just out of like, like exaggerating. I don't know. Um, Like at the heat of the moment kind of thing. Moment, you know, like this is what I'm saying. Like, it's so bad that it's like this, but I don't know if in the moment she genuinely is like, this is a hard fact. You know, it's more (laughs) how it feels me. Emotionally speaking, this is how it feels to me. Um, But, you know, it's hard because obviously Harmony did some some really shady stuff, some really, really awful stuff. And um, Nina and Willow have just been butting heads now. I mean, she lost her job. I mean, so many things. We all know all the things that went down with Nina and Willow. Um, I think it's maybe just I wrote off a lot of that as, you know, Willow is pregnant, hormonal, sick, exhausted, and uh, devastated. And when you're in that place, you know, things feel really, really awful. And to find out that news brings up a lot of emotions. And, you know, whether she meant it or not as a fact, I think it was more of a place of just, this is emotionally killing me right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very, very good rationale. That was, oh. that was expert, expertly done. Um, okay. <laughs> So were you surprised that Willow forgave Carly so quickly for keeping the secret? I was and I wasn't because I, I, I think I remember Willow keeping a secret from Carly. Like maybe it was when she she found out that Sonny and Nina had 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 a relationship or something and then it came out in court. And so I remember immediately going, OK, well, you did keep a secret from her. Um I think because also because Willow kept the secret of the fact that she had leukemia and kept that a secret. Um, it, it maybe the the rationale was, you know, had had Carly known, I I know for a fact that she would have told me. And I think Willow had said something like, if I find out that my biological mother is anything like Nina, I don't want to know. And so who knows? Maybe Carly was like, um, this girl is you know, pregnant and having a really hard time is what, what she thought was happening. She didn't know it was leukemia. So she didn't want to, you know, give this information and cause an upset or a faint or whatever might happen with Willow. So um, probably a faint knowing Willow. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's, <laughs> so I, I wasn't, I wasn't because they've, they've grown pretty close and all with all that history and all that kind of information, it kind of makes sense as to why Carly kept it a secret. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we are talking to you at a delicate moment in the life of poor Willow. She just learned that Nina is not a bone marrow match. So what can you tease for us about what's coming up for Willow under these very dire circumstances? Ooh. Um, (laughs) What can I tease? Um, It's just going to be, uh, you're not going to know what's going to happen. And... um, there's going to be some surprises. <laughs> totally fair. Totally fair enough. So before we let you go, Caitlin, is there anything that you would like to say directly to the GH fans listening uh, who've, you know, certainly been following your journey very closely and have so many thoughts and opinions and all the rest, which is exactly what you want viewers to have? <laughs> I just want to um, thank you all for your support, for welcoming me on the show for um getting passionate about this story and um supporting us and uh i love you all thank you so much well thank you so much caitlin for all your time today and for everything you've shared about willow and your experience and we look forward to seeing what's next thank you so much 
Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Caitlin McMullen for being our guest. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast. <laughs>